Hello, I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the Executive Director of the Henry Nouwen Society. Welcome to a new episode of Henry Nouwen, Now and Then. Our goal at the Society is to extend the rich spiritual legacy of Henry Nouwen to audiences around the world. We invite you to share these podcasts and our free daily meditations with your friends and family. Through them, we can continue to introduce new audiences to the writings and the teachings of Henry Nouwen, and we can remind each listener that they're a beloved child of God. Now, let me take a moment to introduce you to today's guest. In December of 2022, I received an email from a man in South Africa who shared with me the profound impact the return of the prodigal son was having in his ministry. Dennis Jacobs lives in Johannesburg, South Africa. He's the founder of John Israel Ministries, and his primary ministry is to preach in prison. Currently, he heads up a ministry to the maximum security section of the prison, where he's using the return of the prodigal son by Henry Nowen. Of course, Dennis has lots of experience of working in the prison setting because he's taught the Alpha course in this prison for the past nine years. Dennis, welcome to Henry Nowen, Now and Then. Thank you. It's wonderful. Um, just such a blessing to speak to you. You know, we've spoken a few times, but I'm just so excited for, you know, what God's doing, um, you know, in, in this in this relationship. So I'm just so filled with joy to be here. Thank you for having me. Dennis, let's take people back and, and let them know how this friendship began. We've been friends for a year and a half, and it started with a letter from you. Uh, I could even quote what you wrote me because it was so exciting. I want to share the story of what we've experienced with Return of the Prodigal Son in our prison ministry. It's been a blessing and a joy. I was hoping that sharing this joy with you would be an encouragement to continue your work to go further and higher, not limiting yourselves to what has already been achieved. I wanted you to know that lives have been changed by the gospel message woven into Henry's writing the painting and the parable that our Jesus left to remind us to come home, to trust mm. and to be grateful and ultimately to surrender to Christ. You know, I gave that message to our board. Everybody was so excited. And I reached back to you to say thank you. And that's kind of where our conversations began. Right. Take me back through that. Well, I think even just as we, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit teary just listening to it because I, I don't think that I wrote that letter, you know, or that email. It was, it was a Friday morning. We had just, uh, I was getting ready to do the last session of, of the teaching that we, that we now talking about of the prodigal son, and I was thinking about what other Henry Nouwen book I could use for to, to teach further. And uh, went onto your website to go look for another book and saw a contact us button and thought, oh, I should just tell you what's going on. And so I wrote that email, probably took me five minutes. And I didn't read that mail again until last week. Somebody asked me for a copy of it. And I don't think I could write that email again. You know, it's it's the way that that the Lord works and the way that the Holy Spirit works is that there's certain times where he will just inspire you to do something that's so beyond anything that you're capable of. And I think that's the story of this. Um, and, you know, going, going back to the start of it, if I can share how we started that um, I, uh, so I've been, I've been working at a, at a uh, maximum security prison 
um, for it's going on for about 12 years now. Every time I tell people 10 years, I'm reminded that time doesn't stop, you know. And um, I, I'd been doing the Alpha course at the prison for many years. And I got to a point where I wanted to teach other uh, uh, um, material to the prisoners. They were very hungry. And I've, I've built up such a wonderful relationship. They really are my best friends, um, you know, that in, in the prison. I just, you know, I really love them. They know this. I tell them this all the time. So, and I was praying to the Lord. And I said, Lord, just, I don't want to teach something from myself it's not about me or what i want to do i love teaching people i love speaking about jesus um you know i even as i'm saying his name now you know i'm, I'm so in love with jesus it's not it's you know it's it's a it's a gift that i was given when i was when i was born again so i was asking the lord what can i do and so on the day that we finished our last alpha course um i had a, a very good friend Anne, who's this um and she won't mind me the way that I talk about her is the way I talk to her is a is a is a wonderful little uh, Polish lady in her 80s. And she is one of the most amazing prison ministry team members I've ever had. And as we were walking out, she gave me this envelope with my name on a big A4 white envelope. And I took the envelope and uh, I was so busy, to be honest, probably praying to the Lord to send me a sign, you know, and she <laughs> gave me this envelope into, in my hand. I, I put it in into my car and I forgot about it for about two weeks. It just lay in the car. I didn't even open it. And uh, I did ask her to forgive me afterwards. She did forgive me. So, um, And then about two weeks after that, now I continue to pray, Lord, please, you know, I'm not going back there. I'm not teaching anything until you show me the way. I, I want to know what you want me to teach them. And uh, and I continue to pray. About two weeks after that, I took this envelope out the car. Still didn't open it. And I put it onto a coffee table in my lounge in front of me. And as it happened, about three weeks after that, I was sitting on that on, on, my, on my couch in my lounge, looking at, at this white envelope and, and praying and saying, Lord, please, you know, it's, I've got to start next week, but I don't know what to teach. And there I see this envelope with my name on, Dennis Jacobs. It's not even, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's not even somebody else. It's, it's a, it's a clear sign, you know. It's like open this and not another envelope, the one that that I've sent to you. Anyway, so I opened this envelope and inside was a letter from Anne, a, just a beautiful letter where she, she just told me, you know, a, a number of really wonderful things about what was happening with her and what was happening with with this prison ministry and just think a real encouragement you know and then I, I dipped back into the envelope and there was an a4 a poster of the Rembrandt which which I have it's in front of me at the moment it, it's on my wall I, I stare at it all day in fact the the sun's feet are at my eye line and it goes up to the ceiling and and I looked at this this picture, and I mean, I was intrigued. I did. Um, I went to art school. Uh, when I finished school, I was at at. I went to art school for a year and a bit to do industrial design. And uh, I love art. I'm an artist. So I sat and stared at this at this picture, and then I went back into the envelope, and there was Henry's book, uh, The Prodigal Son. And then, then I mean, I didn't even, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so God is so good because I'm, I'm so um, <laughs> oblivious to what He's doing that I don't even realize He's answering. I'm still praying about what to teach, and I've got the book in my hand, and I started reading this book, and I think I got through 
the half of the first section on on the sun and you know henry was speaking about himself you know and i, and I just felt my my spirit testifying it was it was it was as though the holy spirit was was right there with me saying teach this teach this you know take this to them because that the, the story that henry that henry was telling it was like he was telling my story um as the gospel becomes you know our story and i mean to be honest you know me now but i i i, I was in tears because i i was so convicted in that moment and so what i did is i got up on that sunday morning and i decided now i'm going to put a course together for these for these men that are that are uh, pastor in the in the prison and and that's how it started i wrote um i took each of the three parts split them into two each so two for this the younger son two for the older and two for the father wrote a, a bit of an intro and did the intro session where she spoke she is she loves henry she loves his work she she is subsequently gave me other books she slips him into envelopes in my car and um and and then a week later started uh the prodigal son uh, and got a big poster made for us and we took they allowed us to take that in and we put it up on the wall and you know these men then sat and stared at the at the painting the way that henry describes uh what he did and we just sat and stared at it for a while and then we started with the prodigal son and and uh, yes by the time i i, I sent the email to you we had finished uh, probably eight weeks of, you know, we we're at the end of eight weeks, and what a joy! What a joy! What a, to see what had happened in that time was just so. It was just beautiful, and that's why I was moved that day. You know, I was, I was, uh, it was a, it was a physical move of the Holy Spirit where I just wanted to share this with someone, and I thought, no, nobody will understand this, and I, I, I in my heart, and I, and I still to this day, it's like. I really hope that or whoever is making these books available realizes what they've what they've done. You know what's so interesting to me, Dennis? When I started as the executive director of the Henry Nowen Society, one of the thoughts was, oh, it would be great to get Henry's books into prisons. But what became evident very quickly was that the doors were barred for us. You know, not you just can't just send any book you want yes. into a prison library. And so in a sense, we got discouraged and didn't see the possibility. Um, when this came, it was sort of like from left field for me that suddenly somebody was walking this in, but not only walking it in, but was coming back and saying, this has something of value to this mm -hmm. community. Yes. I think I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about what you found that connected so deeply. I the whole theme of fatherlessness, you know, that's that first son returning home feeling he has no value whatsoever. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you were seeing as the impact of sharing the return of the prodigal son with the prison group that you were meeting with in South Africa. Well, I, you know, the it, it's all God is God is a God of journey you know there's always a journey that's happening so it was a wonderful journey with them and I suppose when when we do prison ministry the prodigal son is almost like it becomes a cliche scripture and it had for me to be honest I, 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 if I on all the alpha courses we will speak of the prodigal son you know when we speak about um why Jesus died you know that he died for us that he that he he had made that sacrifice so we I was so I know that that parable so well it almost had become you know water off a duck's back for me and just to be brought back to that to say 
as we were as we were going through the parable and then the way that Henry had set it out it was like it was footsteps into into God's world again to say you know the 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 things that you think have already um become cliche I'm going to show you something else and I think that happened not just for me because uh, you know this was a journey for for me and for the prisoners not just for them I, you know I just it was like the scripture was opened up again for me and I thought that you know that every week when I spoke I thought this it can't get better than this because when we spoke the first week about the, the the son and the second week about the son and we saw you know and we see this often men just crying as they come to understand you know not only what they've done but that God knows what they've done and he's still waiting he's standing not just uh, idly by but that he's 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 willing them and wishing them and calling them and, and pursuing them to come back you know he's standing at at the house sort of waiting to see them down far down the road so you know, we got, we had all of that, but then to journey through the, 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 the older son, which I'll speak about after, but to get to the father and the father was the heart of what we got to, because if you, I mean, in, I think it's Psalm 68, where, where, where we speak about God being a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widows, and he leads out the prisoners singing, I think it's Psalm 68, and, you know, when we got to that father section, now the men there, you must remember, you know, in, in where we are, are they they have life sentences. Uh, most of them will not get parole. There are one or two that will, but they range from, you know, really serial killers and murderers, um, you know, to to you know armed hijackings, uh, gun running, really, uh, the, you know, all kinds of murder. So so these are these are men who who have stared evil in the face you know they're not they're not just wandering in off the street and that's that's the way that they've seen themselves and now most of them have had children most of the guys I've asked them subsequently but not one of them would ever have thought of themselves well I'm actually getting emotional thinking about it but as a father it was like that had been not only had had you know their lives been taken from them but that fatherhood had just been robbed of them that that they didn't even think that they could go back to their children you know and it was just amazing it's amazing to see you know what god can do for those men to realize sorry you know that they were fathers and actually their father loved them and because their father loved them because jesus died on the cross for them that actually they were forgiven and that 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 the, the father in them came back alive and uh, you know, we have so many stories of men who then, you know, got hold of their family and have, have tried that again. You know, instead of just saying, well, they will never see me as a father, they've tried that again. And so that was, you know, what a wonderful journey from just being the, the son eating with the pigs to realizing, no, God wasn't just leaving us as the son. He was always leading us to be the father. That is a man I'm called to father and not to son. And then to go through, you know, all of the getting from the son to the father to say, you know, and you say to the men, it's time. You you can stop being a boy now because that's what we have in prison. We've got a lot of old boys instead of a lot of wise men. And what the gospel does, and that's what happened with this, uh, with this teaching of Henry's, is that that wisdom gets transferred and they, they, they understand they can go from the one to the other. 
You know what I love so much about as you're telling this story is I love that that was Henry's discovery too. I mean, that's the heart of that book. Here he was having a major crisis breakdown um, and probably first saw himself just as that uh, son returning, that broken um, person kneeling before the father Yes. and receiving forgiveness and then he understood himself as the older brother you know the the kind of yes. religious type that was a bit of annoying you know a yes. bit of a, a, a an attitude guy who was not easy to be with really mm -hmm. and then it was really I think it was Sue Mosteller who in visiting with Henry when he was going through writing this said but now Henry you're called to be the father yes. what an amazing gift to all of us that's yes. This book takes us right through that circle and brings yes. us to this place where we can welcome people home. And I, yes. I remember so vividly being with Henry when he would say, and the father doesn't say, where have you been? What have you been up to? What have you done? No. He just said, I'm so glad you're back. Yes. I love you and I'm so glad you're back. And it's yes. made the heart of our message at the Henry Nowen Society, you're beloved. Your yes. father in heaven loves you and yeah. wants to welcome you home. It's yeah. it's an amazing, amazing message. Yes. When I got this lovely uh, uh, letter from you, I reached out to Stacy Campbell at Prison Fellowship Canada and just said, Stacy, by any chance, you know, does do you have any kind of connection to Henry now? And and this was in January. And she said, well, coincidentally, I just gave every member on my staff for Christmas a Henry Nowen book. So oh. I knew we were in the same camp. I knew that was what was happening. And then what happened was so special. We began to work together, the three of us. And I realized uh, just the phenomenal blessing because you and Stacy fully understand this ministry. And you and Stacy have doors open, the crack of the door opened in South Africa, but yeah. now we're bringing this into Canada. And I want to describe to people listening what we're doing right now. I keep saying to people, Canada is like the Petri dish. We're going to develop this program here in Canada for, uh, using working in partnership with prison fellowship and collaborating with them, knowing that they know what they're doing and you Dennis know what you're doing. And we're going to bring this into Canada with the hope that down the road, this is going to be used right around the world. But the interesting thing is that looking at the theme of fatherlessness, it's not just for prisoners. This is, yeah. there's a crisis in the land. So yes. in essence, as we develop this program and uh, we're, it's, it's going to be something we also offer through the churches. And I think that's yeah. so exciting too. Yeah. Dennis, tell us a little bit about the specifics of the program. What is it going to look like? It seems to me it's an awful lot like the Alpha program, and which is pretty exciting because that's been so incredibly successful. Tell us what we're going to put together and what you think will work. Yeah, so because the content is so wonderfully laid out, I mean, the way that way that uh, Henry laid it out is is you know it's 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 inspired it's certainly inspired so and and it and it's a journey from the younger son through the older son to the father and so what we what we do is we take the 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 lesson of each of those um and then actually we split that into into six weeks so we've got six weeks of content that comes from henry's book that speaks on 
all of the issues that are then unpacked in the book. And it is the journey of the parable. It's the journey of, you, you know, that you, you start out as, as, as we all are, as sinners uh, with pride, rebelling against God. But how, what we do there is we, and, and, it, and it comes from, um, you know, all the years of, of running Alpha in, in the prison and at the church and at work and all these places. But people, people need to not just be uh, receiving, but also uh, um, contributing. So what we do is we, we will take them through the material and then allow people to then discuss. So you have the material and then you have group discussions. And what we found, particularly in a prison environment, is that often prisoners uh, and men who are in prison haven't had the, the chance to, to speak about things, you know, just to have their say. And so, you know, we see it in that type of environment where it's not simply that, you know, you know men come for a lecture and are spoken down to. It's, it's the gospel that is inside of that, uh, that message that's given to them, that's planted, and then they allow to react and interact with the message. So it would be over, you know, a six to eight week uh, uh, period. They would come once a week, uh, the, the way that we did it here, and it, it may change as we go, but they would come once a week, spend, you know, 20 minutes to half an hour going through the material. Somebody would, you know, speak to them. I think um, the way that we do we do it here is obviously live speaking because um, that's that's what I do. And we, we can't really take uh, audiovisual into this prison, but um, we we will um, record video sessions of each of those teachings and then use that as the as the basis of the teaching, um, allow them to take that in and then allow them to discuss that. Um, and what we do find is that even though the teaching, you know, regardless of who does it, is, um, is wonderful, a lot of the times where the men really learn and really are able to come to grips with the materials when they start speaking about it with each other. Uh, and so that's what the program looks like. It's six to eight weeks, uh, once a week, come in, get, get a teaching and then discuss their teaching. And uh, yeah. It's interesting to me, um, you know, if, if you're familiar with the Alpha program, which is a wonderful mm. program and has been used all over the world and translated into hundreds of different languages, actually. Yes. In a sense, what is kind of exciting to me is that when you look at the, uh, the uh, leader's guide, they mentioned yes. three books that yes. that that you should read. One one of course is Nicky Gumbles. He's the he's the founder of of Alpha, and then yes. they mentioned Henry Nouwen's The Return of the Prodigal Son, and the other is one by Philip Yancey. You know what's yes. so amazing about Grace? All books that we love, but yes. it's what's I think is so fantastic is I think that Dennis is going to be our Nicky Gumbel. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna do the videos. That's a start. Now obviously he's not gonna be doing the videos in any other language other than English but it's kind of interesting to be starting at that place and there's another little bit another funny little detail I want to share in the history of Henry Nouwen guess who came to his door as he was journeying trying to put together his ministry Chuck Colson who was the founder of Prison Fellowship isn't that interesting I mean I just kind of see the big picture and say God, you have this very beautifully woven together. So here we are. We have just begun to launch this program. We're calling it Father to the Fatherless. And mm -hmm. it's for, it's 
obviously to be used in prisons, but also to be used in churches and to be used, we'll have, we'll make it available to anybody who wants to make, be using it, obviously, mm -hmm. as we develop it. Uh, but I'm so very excited about sharing the, the, the tool that God's put in our hands. I'm mm -hmm. really thrilled. And don't you just love how God knits together people <laughs> in all yes. of this? I think that's quite wonderful. He's introduced us to Dennis. Dennis, if you don't mind, you have quite an interesting personal story. How did you come from where you have been to where you are? I do know that there was a lot of trauma in your teen years, a lot of losses, and it resulted in uh, a life that wasn't heading in this direction for sure. Hmm. Tell me just a little bit about your own personal story. Yeah, I, I, I always tell people that I, I had a radical transformation. And, you know, I've come to see that any transformation is radical, but that was that was my experience. Was that you know, as the as the the Bible tells us, as the gospel tells us, is that um, you know God transfers you from dark to light, and uh, you know He takes your heart of stone and gives your heart of flesh, and that the old is gone, new has come, and all those things were like in an instant. We're just you know, I was filled with that understanding. And I mean, it came, I had, I had quite a long, a long journey. I think I shared with you, you know, as a, as a, as a boy, we, um, you know, I love my, my father, but we, we had, we had some, some problems at home. Um, my father's still alive and, um, you know, I want to honor him, um, not, you know, not, not going into too much detail on all of those issues, but I, I ended up um, at the age of uh, 16, um, uh, first of all, I had a, a girlfriend who 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 died suddenly. Um, I'd seen her on probably on a on a uh, weekend, and the next weekend she had she had uh, uh, passed away. She had suffered from an asthma attack and stopped breathing. And um, actually, nobody nobody really knew of my relationship with her. It was a very um, it was an amazing thing. I'd spent such amazing time with her, um, and so nobody even knew that I was that this was traumatic for me. Um, I ended up carrying her coffin um, at the age of 16. And probably two years to the day, um, my, my brother was, was killed by a drunk driver. Um, and that, that really was, a, was, a, was a, a heavy blow for me. He was my youngest brother. We came from a family of, of five children. He was my youngest brother. Was a, he was a twin brother. His name was Christopher, uh, Christopher Peter. And, uh, you know, he, you know, I loved him. And so that was, it was, it was a trauma that um, I really battled with. And uh, as I, as I got, that was, I was 18 then, but from probably from the age of 16, I'd started uh, drinking and I became a, uh, I drank quite heavily. And, uh, and I think I said to you, I, I see myself and I saw myself as a functional alcoholic, but it was something that I just couldn't stop. I tried so many times and just couldn't stop and eventually became very uh, depressed and uh, in fact, suicidal and had decided that I was going to commit suicide. And it was on a, on a, a Thursday afternoon, a Tuesday afternoon that I, I got an email from a lady that I didn't even know. And she said, why don't you come on? On an alpha course I had been on one previously and actually had walked out on the weekend uh, I wasn't I really wasn't uh, doing well with the Holy Spirit and all the all the happy clapping um, and so I it was very unfamiliar territory for me and it was the Holy Spirit just um, uh, convicting me 
you know, and and putting light into my heart and saying, listen, Dennis, you know, I've got so much more, but I didn't, under, you know, I didn't, I couldn't hear that voice, you know, and uh, so I got this email, and actually, I, when, when I received the email, I started to answer the email, and the answer was, no, I'm too busy, I, I had a very, I had a high, high level job, I was sitting in a, in a top floor office at, the, at that time, uh, from the outside, everything, you know, I had everything, but I was desperately unhappy and and actually felt very much alone I had I have a beautiful wife two children so they were there um but I was just battling with this alcoholism and and uh, depression and uh, actually somebody called me before I could send the email and I went out to you know a meeting by the time I came back it was too late so I just closed my laptop and went home there was no um uh, angel speaking to me or God speaking to me nothing happened that night but when I got back in the morning and I start work very early, so it was about five o'clock in the morning. I opened my machine and I saw this message that I had written. And without a thought, I deleted the message and just said yes. But I want to be a leader, and I and I sent it. And I thought, you know what? I will, I will, I will commit suicide at a later stage. And it's not to make it sound um, flippant. This was something that I had set my heart on. I wasn't. I I, I did not know the way out. And to me, the way out was. I would rather that my children didn't see me, you know, the way that I was. And then I went on, I joined that Alpha course and, you know, God found me there and uh, I found him. I, I never shared any of that with anyone at that course, but there were people around me that were praying for me, that were so gentle with me. Um, they even, you know, I was, I actually was given the the responsibility of leading a group. I was so inept and so unprepared and so lost and but here was Jesus every week just speaking to me through those you know who am I to you you know who am I to you you know did did, did you think I went away I never went away you know I was the same Jesus that 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 spoke to you as a boy I'm the same Jesus now you know I'm, and the same as the prodigal son just saying come back come home come home and uh on the on the weekend of the Holy Spirit the one that I'd left before uh, a man that I didn't know, and I, I know him now, and he's he's a wonderful man, um, came and prayed for me. And he he knew he did not know my story because I had not told it to anyone. And he put his hand on me, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that instant, and it was an instant, I was transformed. It was, it was, uh, I've told people this before, it was like the Holy Spirit was a wind of, of a corkscrew of wind that came into me, went all the way down into my, my little toes and just took all the stuff that had, that had poisoned me and it was out. And I remember going home that day and I looked in the mirror and I felt clean, you know, really clean, like, like, like just wash baby clean. And I didn't want to drink anymore. And it was, I was healed in an instant. I've never, I've never, it wasn't just that the alcoholism was taken away. It was also that uh, there was no taste for it. You know, and what, what I said to people afterwards was, you know, the way that I had managed the addiction was, it was like having this massive spring, you know, those big metal springs. And every day I would just keep the spring down and I would fight the spring for as long as I could. Eventually the spring would spring up and then the net, you know, and I would, I would drink or I'd do whatever. And then I'd push it down. And my, my thought of Jesus before that was that he's going to make me strong enough to, to sort the spring out. But actually what happened is that I got home that day and there was, the spring was gone. 
It wasn't even, I didn't even have to fight. I didn't have to go on a, on a program. It was just in an instant taken. And, you know, from, from that moment, I knew that everything had changed. And, uh, and I, it was almost immediately that I, I wanted to tell people. And uh, yeah, I can, listen, I can carry on, yes. <laughs> Dennis, it seems like such a miracle that you had this transformative experience. I'm curious, uh, was, was there anybody praying for you specifically? Uh, at the time, I didn't know, and obviously was oblivious to to all the praying. But you know, there's there's probably the most one of the most important people in my life uh, is is my mom, and and I've heard this from prisoners. Um, it's a granny or a mom or auntie. There's some there's some wonderful woman in the background that's praying, and it and it was my mom Elaine who had not only prayed for me but prayed for my father for you know forty years, and then prayed for me and. Um, I, at some stage, I thought, uh, and I remember telling my sister, I thought that my mom had lost her mind because all she wanted to speak to me about was Jesus, and I didn't know Jesus. So it was, it was, it was crazy to me that all she wanted to speak about was Jesus. But if you had to listen in on a conversation that I have with my amazing mother today, uh, you know, it's all worth it. She, those prayers were were answered, and she is, she is my, you know, my rock in my life and and ever you know in any day that everybody's tired of me speaking about Jesus I can phone my mother and we can we can speak for hours so I'm so grateful and I just want to encourage any mothers or um you know or grandmothers who maybe their children have are on the prodigal path just keep praying you know God is listening God is doing he's going to bring them back but he loves our prayers and I know that he listened to my mom and I know that those prayers are the prayers that they, they were the, they were the hands that, that reached out to to pull me back on many occasions and I'm so grateful to that uh, grateful to my mom for that oh my goodness it is this is the good news story this is what God does in a life I'm yes. so glad that we get to share this with our our Henry now and audience and I know there's so many of you that will go I've got some sort of spring in my life that I'm trying to keep control over and the good news um, that God can can actually do something about that that's far greater mm. than you could imagine that's what henry found in his life i mean he was at the depths of his being when he wrote yeah. the return of the prodigal son yeah. by the way we haven't said it but if you have not read the return of the prodigal son oh you'll enjoy it you <laughs> must get the book well there'll be a link in our show notes to that and i would also say that um all that we're talking about today it's all about the good news that god can mm. do what god can do in a life that's what was so central to to Henry. He met his, the brokenness that was in his life, and he he discovered he was beloved. That's mm. that's what you discover when when you're there and the father's welcoming you home. You are mm. beloved to the father, mm. and there's nothing that he won't forgive. So that is really the incredible good news. Dennis, you have so much to share, and we are so excited about you being our are in quotes, Nikki Gumble for this, you know, you're going to be doing the videos, people are going to enjoy that. I hope that all of you will go to our website and check out this, this uh, very important initiative that we've begun in collaboration with Prison Fellowship Canada. It's called Father to the Fatherless. Please check it out. Please become part of uh, supporting it, because we're going to need you. And think big just the way God does. Think big. God is going to do great things with this. I am so aware that, you know, Dennis doesn't talk about all the different aspects of his life, but he is a very accomplished programmer, software developer. 
And he's a gifted illustrator and writer. He's written a book called On the Beatitudes and illustrated it. He sent me this morning a beautiful piece that he did for his daughter's 21st birthday. It's called Daughter of a King. And he's in the process of writing right now and creating the forgiveness tree. Dennis doesn't just write it. He illustrates it. So this is such a gifted and talented man. And, and uh, we'll make sure there's links to his website as well so you can enjoy what I'm talking about and see a little bit of it. Uh, Dennis, what's your vision for where we're going with this? Well, my heart is just has always been for um, you know, the gospel. Since I, since I was born again, it was just, you know, use whatever breath you have and whatever energy you have. I know you, you said such nice, uh, wonderful things about me, but, uh, and I think you've known since you've met me that my, my heart is actually for, for Jesus, you know, that, that all the, whatever we do and whatever I do was, is, is to go to make him known and to make him famous and to, and, and to bring the good news, the gospel to people. So the big picture for me is that, you know, that this, this uh, teaching, this book, this material, because it's, because it's the gospel, it's the gospel that's being presented and, and so wonderfully and so in, in such a relevant form for prisoners that it would reach as many prisoners as there are in the world because you know the 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 message of being a father more than to me the message of being the prodigal son is is what changes the world it's the gospel that says you know that you thought that you could you couldn't do this and you thought that you didn't qualify as a father well i'm telling you that and as you know and i said this to somebody the other day that was he was battling as i've battled as i know that henry battled with with you know almost seeking affirmation for things you know like is it good enough you know and I think even as we do this you know you have to stop saying I mean I wonder if it's good enough it is good enough because you know when Jesus uh, heard those words from his father he he it was the beginning of his ministry not the end it was before the miracles it wasn't after the miracles it wasn't after he had gone and 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 uh, given his life for us it was before that actually the the message and that's why it's so beautiful the way that Henry just captures it it's like taking a you know if somebody could could take a photo with perfect lighting of the gospel whatever that looked like that's what he's done with this book and it's and it's a it's a beautiful photograph that says yeah I just capture the gospel and the gospel is that you know that before we do anything we are valued and valuable and that we are beloved and when you tell a man that who has done something so terrible that he can't forgive himself never mind anybody else forgiving him and he comes to terms with that and the gospel now is in his in his heart everything changes and it, and that is the there is nothing that changes the heart of prisoners the way that the gospel does there's nothing there's in fact in the prison that we're in they have all kinds of training programs they are like um sweets you know the things that you 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 eat one and then eventually you forget about it the gospel comes as a bomb and it's you know it's, it doesn't go away it's the thing that transforms the hearts of the men in there and the last thing i know uh, if i talk too much you, i know you'll forgive me but the the heart of you know we talk about uh, prodigal son being for men in prison but i've seen you know when we ask the men about their fathers we realize that they are, they are, they are, they have led lives of fatherlessness. They, they are the product of a fatherless society. And it's when we understand that 
although this is this is the way that we are reaching men's heart in prison but the, the key actually is that you reach the fathers before they get to prison with the message of the gospel then you don't have the the men in prison and i think that's why it's so powerful that it's not just a teaching and a parable about a man uh, for men in prison it's, it's it's a parable for for men it's a parable for fathers and and in that role mothers and in that role you know sisters in it's it's the gospel for all of us to say listen before before you did anything i loved you and you were beloved and you were good enough and if you were good enough then you're good enough now it's interesting because uh, you just you just hit on it the the issue of fatherlessness is not just for men that's a trauma in the world today. There are so many yeah. women who don't have a good relationship with their father. And then the impact of that on the life they live is, is, is amazing. Um, yeah. I love the fact you have had such a transformative experience with God <laughs> that you can give that out with confidence to others. And it just excites me so much. I love, I, we both love working with Stacey Campbell at Prison Fellowship yes. Canada. She's just a, an incredibly wise woman and they have a wonderful ministry here in Canada. Of the 1,500 prisons in Canada, they're working in 1,400. So doors that were completely closed to us are beginning to open and we want to go through them carefully and with respect and under their guidance and working well with them. But in a way, we just, I'm so excited that we're allowed to bring the feast to a new place and to a new audience and to say, this is really the good news. When Henry got it, he, his, his life was changed. It was that absolute certainty, I am beloved. And it is the certainty that each one of us can, can give to others. Dennis, thank you so much. Um, I just uh, want to encourage others to join with us in this this is not ours alone we need you to come alongside there'll be lots of information in the show notes of how you can we would love to have you be part of our vision here and and uh, help us dennis thank you so much i really appreciate chatting with you it's it's an absolute pleasure and i know that uh uh, what we're doing here is you know it's it's uh, inspired by the holy spirit so it will go as far as the Holy Spirit wants it to go. And that is such a blessing for all of us. So thank you. Thank you very much for, for everything that you've, that you've done. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. What a joy to listen to the overflow of a heart on fire with the love of Jesus. Dennis Jacobs has been transformed. And having experienced this, he is passionate about introducing others to the Savior he loves and serves. Dennis saw the impact of the return of the prodigal son. If you've never read this book by Henry Nouwen, you may wish to now. There'll be links to the book in our podcast notes or pick it up from your local library. For more resources related to this program, click on the links on the podcast page of our website. You'll find links to anything mentioned today, as well as book suggestions. Thanks for listening. Until next time.